Hey, it's Sarah. And I'm Erin. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Oh, hello. Oh, hello again. We're here, friends. We're here. We're We're wrapping up the end of the month, getting ready for our Halloween episode. Very exciting. I know. Very exciting. It's I'm, almost the end of our I'm second s- round of 31 Nights. I'm sad that October is going to be over. Yeah, I, but... I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit depressed. It is sad. But I am excited because I got a tree skirt for my Halloween Christmas tree that I'm going to keep up from Halloween till Christmas time. Nice. And I'm super excited. That so it, we can keep that alive. I'm keeping Halloween alive year round, I've so decided. When you, when you come to my house, it'll just be Halloween decorated. Yes. So that'll be your Halloween extravaganza home- moments. Yes. Well, I'm also upset because now I have to cool it on the candy because now there's just no excuse. Well, you still have, what, 48 hours? Yeah. We've got, yeah, we've got some time. We've got, we've got time. a little bit of time to It's a lot of it. candy I got to get to eat. To enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, friends, we're going to talk about one that, uh, a story uh, that was co- a cold case for many, many, many years and oddly has a connection to both me and Aaron in multiple ways, which is very strange. Um, but it is the case of Stephanie Watson. Um, it's close. Uh, it's a Maryland case, uh, but not very well known, shockingly enough. Um, but Stephanie Watson was from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm. So she's from good old PA. Um, she moved to Laurel. In 1981. So we're in the 80s right now. Did you know I also lived in Laurel? I know. Both Aaron and I lived in Laurel. Different times. Yes. But weirdly close to each other, but at different times. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, She lived on 8th Street, which is weirdly close to where I used to live. Is that near? That's near Main Street. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's like maybe two blocks, two Yeah, I know where it is. I know where it is. From the library. Yeah. Um, Stephanie had been planning a move to Texas, um, with family at the time of her disappearance. And then on July 22nd, 1982, she vanished, Hmm. vanished friends. Um, that particular night she was going into the greater Laurel Beltsville hospital, um, for her last night shift as an attending clerk in the emergency room. Hmm. What a, what a job that's got to be an interesting job. First of all, working in an emergency room period, but at Laurel Beltsville. I'm sure it's got to be interesting. Uh Before her big move was to take place, she had a, um, obviously had this shift and then she planned to meet her cousin, Chris Torres, um, the following day to drop off her dog before moving to Texas. So she was going to drop her dog off with Chris, um, so that she didn't have to travel to, uh, you know, to Texas Mm -hmm. with a dog, I guess on a plane, it probably would be difficult. Um, Torres is actually the one that reported her missing. Um, Mm. Because she never showed up. And it was very much unlike her. Mm -hmm. Um, Her 1981 Chevette was found on July 26th on 4th Street near the Laurel Center Mall. Covered in blood. That's where where I go to the dentist now. The car was covered in blood. Like, it was... They couldn't say for certain she was dead. But, I mean, the amount of blood that was there, it, you know... Uh, there was no body, but police concluded a violent struggle had occurred. I mean, obviously, unless, you know, all of a sudden you, you know, nick something and you're bleeding all over the place, but it was all over the driver's side of the car. Mm. Months later, witnesses reported seeing a man throwing something into the woods. Mm. Never. Good. Um, 
Police were able to recover a skull fragment from the woods, but nothing else was found. This is by Larchdale Road. Oh my god, I used to live on Larchdale Road. Yeah, all the uh, way over there is where, by the woods over there, oh my god, is that... where they found the skull fragment. Oh, well, that would be a place to hide a body over there. Yeah, no, for real. Oh my god. Right? <laughs> right? Uh... So, this is fun for anyone that's not in Maryland, it's probably not fun, or anyone that hasn't lived in Laurel, but... For us, like, we know where all those, these things are. Those woods used to really skeeve me. Oh, yeah, no, they're terrifying. Because I'd have to cut through there to go to the pool, and I'd go, ooh, I don't even like cutting through here. Yeah, no. So, after this, the case goes cold, right? Mm-hmm. 1982, case is cold. Then in 2013, detectives decided to reopen the case. So, during the 90s and early 2000s, there were huge changes and advances in DNA testing. So, police decided that they might as well try for some DNA testing. Um, and it's really interesting which blood samples they decided to take. Cause remember they kept the car. Gus is being really cute and curling up on Aaron's lap. He does love a spooky tale. <laughs> um, so it was really interesting that the blood samples they chose to take and why they chose to take them. So they decided to take a particular blood smear that was found far enough away from the driver's side that the driver wouldn't have been able to reach it. Because they assumed that that had to have been the killers because she right. wouldn't have been able to reach it if she had been in the driver's side. And they assumed she was because that's where the majority of the blood was. And it was hers. Um, and they got a hit from this blood smear. They spent months making sure and double checking testing and evidence to make sure it was airtight. You know, they used that familial DNA mm-hmm. kind of situation. And the person... John Ernest Walsh. At the time, Walsh was already in prison for an unrelated rape charge. Hmm. Um, you know, the, these people don't usually get, like, just randomly start killing people. They escalate at a certain point. We've talked about it a ton of times. So nearly 34 years after her disappearance, Walsh um, would plead guilty to second-degree murder and false imprisonment. They always throw false imprisonment in mm-hmm. when you're murdered mm-hmm. as an additional charge. Just in case you don't get the murder rap, I think false imprisonment guarantees mm-hmm. jail time. Uh, police believe he bludgeoned her to death in the front seat of her car. Wow. Of course, due to his guilty plea, more information is not found anywhere. Literally, I can't find any more information about what could have possibly happened in yeah. any way, shape, or form, which is probably the most frustrating part. Um, Maryland, uh, Maryland. Walsh had been in Maryland prison hospitals for years before he was released on parole in 1980. So when they were lining up his like timeline, it made sense. He was out on parole when um, Stephanie went, went missing. He then brutally beat and killed Stephanie and then was taken into custody in 1989 for a parole violation of those rape charges from 1969. Oh my. Uh, And, um, it was, you know, parole violation, obviously unrelated to her murder because they hadn't solved it at the time it was cold. He was already serving a 72 year prison sentence when the DNA test hit. And now he has an added 33 years on top of that. So that's 110 years or 105 years if you don't know how to count. Um, and I believe he's currently at the Eastern Institution, uh, Correctional Institution at Westover in Somerset County. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that is about the Stephanie Watson case and Ernest, John Ernest Walsh, who killed her. Now, if you look it up, you'll find a whole bunch of blog posts from this blog called Lost Laurel, mm. which I got sucked into for about 12 hours. 
hmm. which is all about spooky shit that happened in and around Laurel. And I feel very passionately about doing an episode all about Laurel, Maryland, because there is some weird shit that has happened in that town that I never knew about. Yeah, you should. Alien abductions, mm. mass murders, mass murders, Aaron, <laughs> like family annihilator kind of mass murders. Mm. Crazy, man. Crazy. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, this is a short story. This yeah. one. No, it's just... Uh... It's in- incredibly tragic, but there isn't a lot of information about Stephanie's upbringing other than she was like a very, um, you know, diligent, hardworking person that, you know, had worked her way up in school to be able to work in the emergency room at the hospital and, you know, had been a very close family person, had been wanting to move to Texas to be closer to some family members and then was just horrifically murdered by an asshole. I wonder if she willingly picked him up or he forced his way into the car. I'm thinking at the time. So she was at the Laurel Center Mall. Yeah, he just got in her car, I bet. I'm thinking he just followed her out from a store. Yeah. Or watched her in the parking lot and got her in a a darkened corner. I mean, that that mall isn't, like, the best, like, lit, nicest part of town. You know what I'm saying? Like. And at that point, in the I'm 80s, always afraid in a mall. Yeah. In a mall parking lot. I mean, not yeah. afraid, but I'm always like, mm. well, it's the same feeling I get in a parking garage. Ooh, I'm trapped, I is hate, how I feel. I hate parking garages. Yeah. Mm-mm. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think he just overtook her and, and bl- literally beat her to death, but they've never found her body. That's bizarre. And because he pled guilty, yeah. he has no, yeah. you know, they don't, they're, ne- they have not found her body, which is horrible. All they found was a small piece of her skull. Like, not even a large fragment. I'm not saying that would make it any better, but, like... I'm just just, just keep envisioning those woods. How did they not get it out of him? Why did they allow him to plead guilty? I don't know. I just keep envisioning those woods. Oh, God, yeah. I never did like... Because I lived literally in an apartment building surrounded by woods. I never did like it over there. Yeah, no. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's spooky. It's spooky as shit, man. Yeah. I hate woods like that, though. Yeah. I love the woods. I really do. Yeah. And I, and I like to be surrounded by them, but... You gotta be careful, though, man. You do have to be careful. Even during the day, you have to be careful. Oh, my gosh. I was listening to, on a completely... Well, not completely unrelated note, but this other case that I'm definitely going to cover at some point about the boogeyman of Thailand, literally in the woods, it's so pitch black that like people can just do whatever they want. And no, no one really can see. I don't like that at all. Yeah. It, it's because the density of the forest yeah. and how dark it gets and the lack of lighting. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's horrifying. They're like, yeah, like 10 feet into the woods and you can't see anything. Ooh, Ooh I don't like that. That means someone could just be watching you. Mm. And to me, watching is the creepiest part. Yeah. Why are you just watching? I don't know. And speaking of watching stories, everyone should listen to Radio Rental. It is such a good podcast. It is so funny. First of all, um, I almost called him Dwight Schrute. Rain Wilson (laughs) is Terry Carnation, and it's so good. But those are some spooky stories, too. Um, But anyway, I'll stop rambling on. Uh, Thanks for listening to our case about uh, Stephanie Watson. We know it was kind of a short one, but there's not much information. There is a good Washington Post article that you definitely should go out and read. It's really awesome. But um, anyway, follow us on all the social media at 31 Nights of Scary Ship. Follow, uh, send us an email at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. We really want to do another shithead stories episode. It's doing really well. It's one of our most popular October episodes. Oh, good. Um, we're at like over 
100 or 200 downloads for it. It's pretty awesome. So okay. please send us your stories. We want to send them out to you. Oh, the stickers are going to be going out probably soon. I just need to do the printing on some of the postcards and actually put the packages together. Um, I'm going to add that to the uh, list of things to do this week when I go to the store. But uh, anyway, do all those things. Oh, please consider donating to our podcast or buy me a coffee uh, campaign as well as our Venmo at podcast 31 nights. That is our Venmo handle thing at podcast 31 nights. Um, so yeah, and just make sure to, uh, stay spooky. Bye.